This show is part of the WND Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more shows from WND, please head to our website at wndpress.com backslash podcast to see our current lineup. Only publishers die, you fucking idiot! Oh my god. We just had 20 minutes of fantastic banter, but I didn't re- hit record. It's gone! <laughs> I didn't hit the button twice! Oh my god, that makes me want to die. It's alright, we we're going to record on the way back. Are we? Well, of course! Gotta- I'm leaving you in Jacksonville. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, so we, so we are... For those of you who are catching up now, uh, we've been talking for 20 minutes. We are on our way to go see Pup. We are northbound 95, uh, and we are uh, we're going to see them in Jacksonville. We had so many good anecdotes over yeah. the last 20 minutes. We talked about dead people. Oh. We talked about me being a monster. <laughs> we talked about me scaring the Amazon driver. You got to tell that one again. I will tell that one again. So, so the Amazon driver dropped off a package today, and when I opened the door, he jumped back and went. <laughs> Yeah, he skittered. He skittered and he <laughs> gasped. He gasped when he saw me. He and was then, genuinely frightened. He was genuinely frightened. And then when he was leaving, he looked over his shoulder as if he were being pursued by something. <laughs> like as, as 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 if as if I had said, "Your head start starts now," <laughs> and then I was going to chase him, just lumbering after him through your nice, expensive neighborhood, crashing through clapboard fences. Yes, yeah, uh, which is hilarious. My my expensive neighborhood right now is obsessed with our gate not working, um, and so I have been sarcastically responding to everybody in our Facebook group about how when the gates are up, the bad guys are in, <laughs> and when how the gates are down, the bad guys are out. Um, and it's really, really great. I called a neighbor, not a neighbor, but like he had, he was somebody in the group who's a resident. And I called him a bad guy specifically because the gate wasn't working for him. He couldn't get into his own neighborhood. So I was like, well, by theory, you yourself are a bad guy. So uh, that's been really fun to fuck with everybody. You can't get into your own neighborhood. You must be a bad guy. You must be a bad guy if you can't if you can't even do the thing where you arrive here. You can't get to where you live. We had that whole bit about Bucky's. Yeah, because about- Hastings is not a city anymore, so it may have... It basically bought Hastings and raised it and then turned it into the world's largest Bucky's. I um so I'm assuming you're a fan of Bucky's. Is this I, what I'm hearing? I like Bucky's. Yeah, I'm not like a fan of Bucky's. Like Matt Moment is a fan of Bucky's, but I do appreciate it. I do appreciate Bucky's. Going inside that Bucky's somewhere in North Carolina over the summer was it was jarring. Why? Why? Because there was like 400 people inside. Yeah, the place is a, it's it's a gas station Walmart. Yeah, I know, and the, but it's it's obviously smaller than a Walmart. Uh, not not by much. I mean, it's 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 got the lower ceilings. You feel boxed in. Oh yeah, but the, well, the, but you see the the lovely face of Bucky the entire all over the place. Yeah, a rat. Did you buy? He's a beaver. Yeah, it's a rat. He's a beaver. What is that? A marsupial? No, I don't think so. A fucking water rat. I don't think it's a. It's not a rat though. Would you have it in your house? I would. Beavers are so friendly. These fucking things bring the plague. They don't know. You're talking about you're talking about armadillos. Wait, do you let me ask you. Let me I just want to clarify this. Do you think that beavers carry leprosy? I mean, they Is can't, that your concern? I wouldn't let one touch me. Why? Because I don't know what it's going to give me. 
But but is your concern leprosy? No, not leprosy. What is your concern? What do you think you're gonna get from a beaver? Filth. <laughs> Splinters. <laughs> Sharp teeth. I mean, with with the with the Bucky's beaver, you know, it might they might just you know bite you and then you become you know one of the team. Listen. One of the team? Yeah, and then you so go. You get bit, you get hired a Bucky. Yeah, you get you put on the vest, and then you they stick you by it's the, like the worst kind of vampire, old timey soda fountain. Oh, we talked about vampire hunters in Florida too. Yeah, we did. Man, we lost so much shit. <laughs> Talking to, going back and trying to recap the jokes is not as funny. <laughs> we, well, yeah, it's, we just did dog the bounty hunter in Florida. If he was a Florida vampire hunter, would yeah, be he just. Would he would have to look like him. He would just, he would look like him, but he would just be Dave from Florida. <laughs> Dave the Vampire Hunter. Dave the Vampire Hunter. Bob. Yeah. Or a good Florida name. A good Florida, what's a good Florida name? Chet. Kiefer. Kiefer. <laughs> Alabama. We just passed uh, Vice Towing. Jesus. Yeah. My favorite is when when uh, when companies like that will have stickers all over it and will say like, Thank you, President Trump. I'm like, I don't have to get towed by you now. I know I know who to avoid. I don't think it's usually your choice. Uh, I will make that choice. <laughs> like, you can go. <laughs> sir, you're, sir, you're illegally parked. I don't agree with you. <laughs> on anything Get out <laughs> You go on get go on get Oh, we're about to end. Are we Are we in Duval County? We're in Jacksonville now. Duval! <laughs> yeah, this place is large. It's a shithole and a half. It's I don't, fine. I don't mind Jacksonville. Nobody wa- It's like fucking living in Georgia. No, and it's not. Yeah, it is. There's it no hills. It doesn't feel like it's Florida. There's no hills. There's no peaches. They don't have peaches here. There's hills. There's no hills in Jacksonville. There's hills. No, there's not. We're looking around. There's those hills. This Flat. is the outskirts on the outskirts. There's no hills in Jacksonville. There's no peaches in Jacksonville. It's not like Georgia. You know there's a big gang war going on here? Uh, tell me about it. Well, I mean, I don't know all that much. Oh, well, that's I just helpful. I just know what Trap Lore Ross on uh, YouTube told me about it. Who? Trap Lore Ross. Uh, what is he what's he all about? He's like a little he's like a weird British guy who uh, makes beats and makes uh, 2-hour videos that are really high quality about hip-hop beefs and gangs. So, okay. So yeah. he does a podcast. Basically, but video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did one about the deadly game so in Jacksonville. <laughs> so you got you got two sides. You got you got Fulio, right? And I don't know I don't know what set he's affiliated with. And then you got Youngy Young and Ace. Okay, is the other side. And uh, like all these people have been killed, and they're all very young, so it is kind of tragic. And well, whose uh, side are we on? We I mean we're we're not. We're not from here. Okay, so we can't. So we can't be on the side. No, who's, yeah. the, who's the good guy? Well, I would say that the mu- who makes better music, mm-hmm. Young and Ace. Uh, I'm not really a fan of Fulio. He's hard to understand. So you just took sides and got us involved in this. War. I mean, yeah, we're, we're embroiled in this war now. We're gonna get killed. Thanks. Uh, but they did. So Young and Ace's side. They're the ones that they sampled the Vanessa Carlton song, uh-huh. and they did that like famous diss track, "Who I Smoke." Yeah, see that? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a bunch of like it's it's basically the whole song is to the Vanessa Carlton sample of a thousand miles, and they just rap about all the dudes on the other side who are dead. Okay, and then they just disrespect them horribly. 
And I guess that's a thing they do now. It used to be it was more about, like, beef, but, you know, people weren't really dead. Like, it was a big deal when Biggie did Who Shot Ya, and people said it was about yeah. Tupac. Like, it was very rare, but it's, it's like a thing that happens all the time now. And okay. then they made Fulio and his camp made a diss track back. And, okay, so uh, that, it started with Young Aeson? Young, young Aeson. <laughs> yeah, Aiden. Yeah, yeah Aiden. Yes. Youthful, youthful Ace. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know who started it, but um, Young and Ace uh, actually got caught at an intersection Ooh. in Jacksonville. And uh, he was with, I think, three of his friends, and one was his brother. And uh, the whole car got shot up, and everybody died except him. Oh, well, that's horrible. Yeah, I know. It's pretty awful, man. They're they're serious, and they're all very young. They're much younger than we are. I, I mean, that's not that's not a feat. But I, like, that's a, that's a shame I'm just, that that's. I'm just saying, it seems so serious. You don't expect like a 17, 18 year old kid to be that embroiled in uh, anything. So, do you? I mean, think about like when we were kids, and there was beef across scenes. Like, it was never like I'm gonna stab or shoot somebody. It was let's make fun of them until they feel bad about themselves. <laughs> I know. Well, now it's. Uh, I guess there's much more. Uh, I guess there's a little bit more violence. Would it's you bad. say? Eh, I mean, I think I think it's not as tolerated, but I think when it does pop off, it's pretty intense. It seems like I'm just going by our hardcore on Reddit. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. The, yeah, the hardcore the hardcore subreddit is a little bit. It's, it seems well. I mean, I feel like the that's just kind of like the bad stories get the get the press. Yeah, like well, I don't think that's true. Like you know, blew up a show. Or Did something. they? No, they didn't do. That. Okay, I don't know. I guess I guess somebody affiliated with them pulled a gun at a show a while back, and so now they're putting like guns on their shirts. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <It's so stupid. laughs> I don't know, man. I have no idea. I, I haven't really been listening to much of the shit, so can't tell you. <sighs> I mean, it's kind of a waste of time. I mean, I feel like I feel like it just nothing changes. Like Matt sent that band earlier today. What was that band called? Something. Something, I don't something, know. something. Well, anyway, their their EP was called Challenger, and it had a blown up shuttle <laughs> on the front of it. And I was like, oh right, hardcore. This is still hardcore. I mean, I don't think it was bad at all. It was it was decent, but I just I can't. There's nothing there. There's not a lot there for me anymore. You well, know. Well, I mean, maybe you just need to go to hardcore shows again. I don't, but see, that's the thing. I don't want to. Why? Because why would I want to put myself through that? Uh, you're. That's fair. I mean, do you want to start going to hardcore shows? I I. Do, I, did we, we not go to one last year? We did. It was miserable. It was horrible. It was miserable. Now, you're right. I, I'm going to write a review about that in the museum. <laughs> yeah. um, it was just, it was like, it was basically, I was unable to cr- uncross my arms the entire time. Because <laughs> if you didn't, if you did uncross your arms, you would have been killed immediately. Yeah, somebody would have poked my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, I, there's, there's, I can say that there are some bands that, yeah, I genuinely do like. It's just, it's kind of... A lot of it's kind of run its course with me. Yeah, I think it's a really toxic mindset. Not, not everywhere. Not everywhere, of course. I mean, we like Matt's in a hardcore band. Obviously, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. But it just—I don't know. I don't get fulfillment out of it like I used to. Sure. Like I listen to the new Terror record, and that 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 cup is filled. Like it's like okay, there you go. That's like, what I, you need. They still they still do that. I still like what they do. <laughs> And that that's good for me. I'm glad. Speaking of terror, I was having this thought the other day about how how different bands because because you know Black Dolly Murder's got uh, their guitar players singing for them now and all that. Yeah. And I was thinking about how what a fun thought experiment this would be is if you had bands and you replaced one famous member 
of that band with somebody who was also a famous musician, but with the same first name. So for example, like, uh, so, you know, you've got Todd Jones right. in Terror. What if it was Todd Rundgren? <laughs> <laughs> Todd Rundgren singing for nails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like Bad Religion. You've got Greg Graffin, but what if it was Greg Kinnear? <laughs> Like that's like that's, that was like a thing that was going through my mind the other day. I was like, that would be funny. <laughs> what if you did uh, said Scott Vogel, but uh, Scott Weiland <laughs> just flopping around, just flop his body around, make him look like he's moving. Or like you could even do comedians. Like instead of um, uh, Tim Armstrong, you had Tim Dillon. So <laughs> I don't know what this is. This is uh, I don't know. Yeah, put him in the pot. <laughs> that's it's a fun exp- we should probably do this at some point in time maybe that's like a new segment that we do like we come up with a new a band and we're like what if and then we describe what that band would sound like with this person instead I like that that's really funny yeah. so I don't know I genuinely don't know why I had that thought I feel like I woke up the other day I had a dream that I won an Emmy and maybe that's what I win an Emmy for you won an Emmy? I don't know what I won an Emmy for I won an Emmy and then people were mad that I won an Emmy so <laughs> Um, I think that goes to the territory when you win an Emmy. Yeah, people people just genuinely mad at you for for success. Yes. So I yeah I don't know I don't know where that dream came from. So it was uh like I I don't know I guess Lizzo won an Emmy. So like I saw a meme where she won an Emmy and I just so dreams are weird. Are you uh, are you putting yourself like at the level of Lizzo now? Yeah, she and I are very similar. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. boy. So I think that we have a lot to relate. To one another, I think that we come from similar backgrounds, shared experiences. You know, speaking of relating to, well, not relating at all to something, but still sort of watching it, consuming it. Uh-huh. I started watching the show Oz. Oh, okay, you, so you don't relate to that? No. Well, I haven't been to prison. Not yet. Not in a gang. Not yet. Uh, there's uh, there's some butt stuff. What? It's it's, well, a, it's a men's prison. Okay, so you're so then you're stoked. No, uh, it's actually it's very off-putting. Okay, I heard it's a very violent show. It's uh, so far it's incredibly violent. Okay, that sounds scary. But it's also weird because it was the first HBO drama, and it was in '97, so it's a little like snarky, edgy, less than realistic. Okay, okay, a little bit like grunge. It's a little grungy. It is. Okay. I, I don't hate it. I kind of like it. You see a lot of people from The Wire pop up yeah. on it. In the it's Sopranos. basically an Alice in Chains video. Yeah. That's a strange show. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. is it good? It's pretty good. Um, I, I, I watched three episodes, three hours of it, all in a row, and I was like, uh, wow. Because it's, like, it's one of those, it's like six episodes, eight episodes a season, or six seasons. Each sure. episode's an hour. Sure, 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 sure. Ernie Hudson's in it. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's the warden. Yeah. Oh, he's the warden. Is he's he the bad guy? Uh, he or is seems, he a good guy? He's a company man. Oh. He's a company man. I gotcha. Yeah, so okay. far. Uh, Evan Seinfeld for Biohazard's in it. I don't care about that. <laughs> so I read that there was an SNL sketch when Jerry Seinfeld hosted that <laughs> it was around the time Oz was popular in uh-huh. the late 90s. And they, they basically had Seinfeld telling jokes in prison, but it was Oswald Correctional. Okay. <laughs> and finally com- confirmed. I read it on Wikipedia. Evan Seinfeld's his second cousin. Oh, dude. weird. Yeah, dude from Biohazard is, is related, related to Jerry, to Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I feel like we've talked about this before, but we I weren't have, sure. I think that we've asked the question, but never gotten the answer. Well, it's true. It's his second cousin. That, that makes me... I hate that even... Well, that's, that's even more reason for me not to watch Seinfeld. <laughs> the guy who wrote Punishment. Uh-huh. <laughs> is related to the guy that wrote... What's the deal? <laughs> 
with anything. I mean, it was, it's just, that's so funny to me. Yeah. Well, it's weird. It's weird who people are related to. Like that's when, when that kind of stuff comes up, I am always really fascinated with it, but I never understand it. Yeah. It's weird who I'm related to. Like, you know, my, my extended family is a bunch of shitheads. Oh, no. Uh, None of them are famous. That's not true for me. No, my uncle's a garbage person. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. So. I hope he has a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully he hears this. <laughs> oh, he won't hear it. He doesn't know how to fucking work a podcast. And if he did, I'm gonna shit. <laughs> hey, Uncle Beep. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I got a little, I got a little, got a little hot in the car. Yeah, I saw that. Well, it's because we're in Jacksonville now. Oh, we gotta go on to Mary Street. Okay. Well, guys, we've reached downtown Jacksonville, and the buildings are making me very anxious. Yes, there's a lot of very close <laughs> buildings and a lot of water near here. So, like. This so, is oh, this is quite an exit ramp. Yeah, my this God, ramp, this ramp sucks so much. Oh my God, somebody has died here. Yeah. Oh, and it's oh, well, that's good because the hospital's right here. Oh, you pulled right you off pulled, the exit ramp and into the hospital. Like straight up, you pull. That's exactly what happens. So <laughs> it's so weird. Okay. All right. Well, guys, we're gonna we're gonna sign off for now uh, because of the GPS is gonna be screaming. Uh-huh. And uh, we will we will return once we have seen Pup, and we'll let you know how it was. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Okay, we're definitely recording. <laughs> and we have definitely just... We just are coming out of a blown funny fuse. So. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like every time we go to a show, an inside joke is developed. A joke that becomes so ridiculous and absurd and stupid by the end of the night. I, I fucking hurt my back laughing. <laughs> yeah, my neck hurts. I can't, turn, I can't turn to the left right now. I also just, it's one of those things that we can't explain to anybody. You have to be there. And then if, if anybody were here... They would just think that we. They would. They would be like, "Give me the keys. You can't drive." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It becomes so dumb. It 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 stems from an incident. Uh, they involved Chris Tharp, where we were outside of a Dairy Queen, and it was it was it was nighttime, uh-huh. and we were eating our ice cream, and we were just saying things. And Chris Chris coined the phrase "too many tomato sauce, no can't afford weapon slap table." And it makes no sense, and we lost our fucking minds. Yes, and we've lost our... I mean, it was for easily an hour where we had blown a fuse. And it just would continue to expand. And yes, of course, outside of that context, it never makes any sense, and it never will. I don't know if there was a context. There's no context. I forget where it started with something about tomato sauce, and then it got ridiculous. And I'm sure, you know, most people can relate, but, you know, you you have a joke that gets out of hand... But uh, we kind of drive it into the ground until it's really funny. Yeah. We basically do it. We, we do it. It's funny at first. And then we do it until it's not funny. And then it comes to a point where it becomes so funny that we can't control it. But it's only funny to three people on the planet. Yeah. Once it's really stupid, then it's funny again. Yeah. And that's just what happened. And the two of us, the two of us got to a point where it was so funny that I could not breathe. We could not drive the car. Yeah, I cried. Yeah, I think I, and I hurt myself. <laughs> it's, it's a cleansing. <laughs> it's very cleansing. It's very cathartic to have a really stupid laugh like that. Yeah. It makes me, it, it feels like I've flushed everything out. Yeah, and, and the beauty of it is that you don't need drugs to do it. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> because it's like we're stone cold sober. Yeah, and apparently you're Ray Capo all of a sudden. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like you just don't you don't need that mind altering shit. You don't need the weed to have a laugh. <laughs> we're, it was a good laugh. But yeah, we're uh, I guess what we're trying to say is you know get together with your friends and laugh at something really stupid until you cry and die laughing. Yeah, die like laughing. the weasels, like the weasels from from uh, Roger Rabbit. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Remember they all died laughing? Yes, I do remember now. What a great movie. What a great movie. Speaking of great, what'd you think of Pup? Man. So, for everybody, so just, I want to kind of set the stage for this. So we went to a venue called... Intuition. Intuition Ale House. Ale Works. Ale, Ale Works, okay. So so they have essentially the most confusing setup. They have three yeah. businesses. Huh? One, is a, one, is a, one is a brewery, one is a venue, and one is a distillery. And they all have separate doors. Yep. So, as we were talking about earlier in the show, they gave us very specific instructions on how to get there, where to go, where to park. And actually, they were actually they were really technical, and it worked. We knew where we were going. We got there, and there wasn't much confusion. But it, it was it was a, it, without that email, there would have been some trouble. Well, I have to say that I I really I actually appreciate the fact that they gave us specific instructions, and they were nice at the door. Yes. And when we went in, it was clean. Yes. And the bathroom was not a war zone. Right. And it was just very pleasant. Yeah. And uh, air conditioning. Air conditioned and a uh, big open space, a lot of concrete and brick. So yep. I was worried about the sound. Actually, I didn't. So I didn't wear my earplugs for Pup and they sounded fucking great. So like there wasn't a lot of sound bouncing off all the walls. Yeah. Um, so they sounded really good. So their sound engineering is pretty decent for a room that's fucking center block. Yeah, whoever was on the boards knew what they were doing. Yeah, uh, so big open space. The stage is is accessible right in the like right in the in the front of the room. Um, but in front of the stage, there were a bunch of casks, like uh, like barrels, like big big yeah, beer yeah. barrels. And so uh, so beer barrel, beer barrels uh, at the beer house, and uh, people would stage dive off of them. But so that was kind of just so you all everybody else set up. There's like four steel pillars in the middle of the, so it's kind of like give you an idea of where the mosh pit will be. Um, and uh, so there were two bands, which uh, I don't know how you feel about two bands at a show. I kind of like it. I fucking I, love it. I fucking love it because of the stacked lineup, by the end, you're just so tired, and I just don't even care about music anymore. Yeah. I actually really like the setup. So when I was uh, when I was up in New England not the last time, I got to see Pony and Fucked Up. Uh-huh. Two bands. Yep. Fucked Up played enough for four bands. Of course. But they were great. So that was a cool setup because you got to see two bands and be like, okay, I'm done. I'll see you later. Yeah. So that's what happened tonight. The first band that opened was the OBGMs. OB something OBGMs. Yeah. OBGYMs. Yeah, the OBGMs. And what did you think of them? I mean, I didn't love it, but I thought it was cool. They, to me, reminded me at times of Weezer mixed with Nirvana. And they were really energetic, and the singer was really cool. Yeah. And they did have some super catchy songs, and then they had some more, like, noise punk songs. Yeah. Uh, so the noise punk songs I didn't really like, but the catchy ones I thought were cool. Yeah. And they, they fit with Pup. They weren't exactly the same, but they were they were cool. Yeah, the singer had, like, a really good, like, a command of the crowd. Like, yeah. he definitely knew how to, like, get everybody riled up. Yeah, he, he got like, hyped. He talked everybody into a wall of deathing each other. <laughs> but it was kind of a gentle wall it of It was death. very gentle, yeah, because, I mean, he's like, take care of each other, but then run at each other. <laughs> so. Fucking kill each other, but, like, help each other out. Yeah, kill each other, but take care of each other after you kill each other. <laughs> you don't sit down. 
Yeah, I did. I did like them. Uh, I just, I really enjoyed the venue. And I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but like at this point, I hate dealing with all the ridiculous bullshit of like, where the fuck do you park? I don't want to fucking be up to my knees and piss when I go to the bathroom anymore. Yeah, well, well like, and that'll come back. That'll come back later. The yeah. piss thing. Yeah, the piss thing will come back. But uh, you know, it was just very easy to get in and out. And it was it was pleasant. There's re-entry. Yeah. I mean, you know, these fucking places that are just like you're a prisoner until the last note is played. I highly recommend any show at Intuition Ale Works in Jacksonville. Yeah. Go to it. They had a bunch of, like, you know, beer on tap that they make themselves or whatever the fuck. And if you don't like that, they have canned sodas. They do have canned sodas. And apparently there's food around the other way, but we didn't get any. Yeah, we didn't get any. Yeah, we didn't get any. So, okay. So the OBG, OBGMs yeah. were a lot of fun, um, but like I said, I'm, I kind of felt the same way. Whereas, like, I didn't, I, I'm, I want to listen to them recorded and see if I can find those gems because there were some really catchy songs. That I was like, oh, I like that. Yeah. Um, but Pup, so yeah. Pup, Pup started at nine fifteen and they played for over an hour. Yep. And they kept their energy up the entire time, which does not make any sense. Uh, so much energy, so much sweat. But they were great. They played. They played a lot of fucking songs. Yeah, they really ripped the lid off of it. <laughs> so, um, a couple things. They didn't play Mabu, which I was not thrilled with. That's, <laughs> that's a song that I really like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they played every other song that I could have wanted them to play. Yeah. Oh, they didn't play Never Try either. So, yeah, but that's also again my favorite record is their first one. So it makes sense they wouldn't play that because they would be like, "We're gonna play some old shit," and it's like those records are like eight years old. Yeah, I mean, they did play a healthy uh, cross-section of their discography. You know, we got stuff off The Dream is Dead. We got some morbid stuff. Uh, we got a few uh, from the self-titled. Whether they yeah. Meet Me at the Reservoir. What the fuck's that song called? Yeah, um, they had they played Reservoir. They meet played, Me at the uh, Reservoir. Yeah, they played, and that, that was cool. The, the guy from the OBGMs came out and sang that song with them. Which yeah, was cool. that was cool. They got real, real wild. Yeah. And then off the new one, uh, we heard some songs. They played, uh, yes, they played... They played uh, Waiting. Yep. They played Robot Brights a Love Song. <laughs> um, uh, totally Fine. Which was, that song is great. That's a good song. I really um, enjoyed that they came out with, with, I mean, they had the, what was the song they, that was playing when they came out? It was like a, it was like something from like Sports Center. Yeah, <laughs> it was like Sports Center. And then later they just say, sports suck or fuck sports or something. <laughs> the, yeah, that was the thing that I loved was that the, the singer, I think somebody said something about the Jacksonville Jaguars during the middle of a, like a, a break between songs. And he's like, fuck sports. <laughs> <laughs> He came right out and he started playing the song uh, that's just him on the piano. I forget what it is. Yeah. And uh, they just launched into it. And he... So, real quick. So, he played the song on the piano and they had a keyboard. And that was the only time they used the keyboard. Yeah. So, they had a setup for the keyboard that go through all the monitors. And they had a microphone specifically set up on the stand with the keyboard. And the only thing they did with it was do the intro. Yeah. Well, he said, he said, fuck sports. He said something else that was really funny. Uh, oh, yeah. So another thing I appreciated was that he told the crowd, he said, we do not do encores. He did it in a friendly <laughs> way. Because then he said, there's only two reasons that bands do encores. One, they have to go backstage to do cocaine. And two, uh, they have to take a piss. Uh-huh. He said, <laughs> he said, no shade, but Pup does not do cocaine. Uh-huh. And like, we don't... You do, yeah, he's like, if you, if you do cocaine, that's fine. We just don't do cane, cocaine. So we don't we do not do cocaine. And we don't piss. <laughs> and the crowd starts chanting. No piss, no piss, <laughs> no piss. 
which is great. That that was like a, a really nice moment that reminded me of old Daytona shows. Yeah. Where they yeah, would just yeah, chant yeah. stupid shit. Like, there's no other... There's no... I mean, I don't know. Maybe they did chant no piss at other venues. But, like... It was fun, and it was a it was cool because it was a reminder. And I think the the guitar player said this. It was a great reminder when you go to shows like that in cities that maybe you don't like. That like the scene might actually be pretty decent because it looked like everybody had a lot of fun. Everybody took care of each other. There was a lot of um, stage diving. There was a lot of stage diving, and nobody got groped. It looked like yeah that that. But there was a lot of people who got on stage, had their phone out, took a fucking. Uh, video of themselves and jumped into the crowd. Yeah, that was. I like that. do not approve. Do not approve that. No, I, that's that's taboo. It's taboo, not mabu. Not mabu. So, oh. but but yeah, that was like that was probably the only thing I didn't like, which of course is not a big deal. But yeah, I, I did mean, feel the need to point it. Out. I do know. I think we need to point that. I will say the the show was great. The crowd was great. Yeah. The problem is that they don't understand stage dive etiquette. That there was big big stage dive. No nos yeah, going on tonight. Totally. There was a guy that came on. The, the, he was wearing an adolescent shirt, and I'm going to call him out specifically, only because we just want to give him feedback. Like you just got to get your timing better. That's all, dude. Yeah, like, you, you're a tall dude. You're a tall dude. You could jump easily into the crowd, but you hung out on the stage too long. And when you hang out on the stage too long, especially at the weird time in the song, yeah, it's a it's an odd thing. So, and there was another guy that did that, but he had the camera and he was singing, and it was like, no, we're not watching. We're not watching Bucket Hat. We're watching. Pup. Yeah, there was there was there was a little bit too much of that egocentric shit where I'm gonna make sure I get this on my phone for the gram. Yeah, and it's like that. That's the thing that like that's one of the things that I do like about hardcore is like if you there are because we we have to talk about the the, the our philosophical conversation. In a yes, 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 yes. But we 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 basically establish that hardcore has a lot of rules, which kind of sucks. But sometimes. Like, it's a good rule. Like, get the fuck off the stage. Someone will kick you off. Yeah. I can get behind certain things like that, but then it becomes so weighed down with rules, it's not good. Yeah. But, like, what I saw, and this is something I was thinking about, it, it seemed like younger a younger crowd. Yeah, which it was a really young crowd, it looked like. So they're still they're still finding their sea legs, which we can't we can't throw a lot of negativity at that. Mm, the guy in the adolescent shirt was our age. Was he? You think? He was older. Oh, he, I just thought he was kind of like a... Like he was a, older, and at one point in time, while he was crowd surfing, he balled himself up, which is not a surfboard, it's a surf ball, <laughs> yeah. and that did not work. And he was too tall to do that. So, like, there were some etiquette things, some etiquette things that were an issue, but... Well, I noticed that there was no speed. You know, there, no one was launching themselves into the crowd. They were sort of half-heartedly flopping. Yeah, but I think the reason that that, that is is because the front of the stage were the barrels. Okay. And I think that's a very difficult thing to navigate. Like, you can't twist your ankle and then stumble into the crowd. Like, that's a bad look. I mean, I've, I've definitely launched off more awkward things than that. Well, I mean, I've jumped off monitors and shit. Yeah, you jump, I mean, even just like a railing behind behind the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprise them from the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, ju- you jump off whatever you can, and you, but that's the thing. It's like, you got to be sure of your footing. It looked like a lot of the people at the show were probably like, like still going through growth spurts, so maybe they were unsure of their feet. <laughs> first stage dive ever. Yeah, that was it, probably that probably could have been their first dive. Yeah, it could, it, it could have. So we. I can't. mean, there were people in skirts, so like you couldn't like they. they if you're gonna stage dive, you're in a skirt. You you should. That's a, that's a, that's that's poor dress for having your legs up in the air. But it is a rule of thumb that like you need some speed to get out there into the crowd because it's sort of like if you anyone who skateboards, if you if you try to slowly just roll and do a trick. It's not going to... First off, you're probably not going to land it. 
Second off, it's not going to feel right. And third, it's going to look ridiculous. Yeah. You have to have some speed. That's why you have to have some confidence. Like, you can't just slowly learn kickflips. You have to, like, be going at a moderate amount of speed yeah. to pop the trick and get away with it. Same thing when you're doing a stage dive. You have to be, you have to be, have some hustle. You have to have hustle and height. Yeah, you gotta have some height and some hustle, or yeah. else you're just gonna flop and fall. Because if you have hustle and no height, then you're just tackling the crowd. Yeah. And if you have height and no hustle, then you're gonna miss the crowd and you're gonna fall off the edge of the stage. So, like, you have to have hustle and height to get a good stage dive. And you have to, you like, if you're landing, when you when you dive, you dive with your back to the crowd. You don't yes. dive with your front to the crowd because then people are gonna hold you up by your junk. That's true. But, I mean, I guess it's different when it's more aggressive music because then I would just sort of, like, roll over the top of the crowd. Well, that's different. Like, it was a way to get to where everyone was punching each other faster. Yeah, 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 which get is to totally the, rational. Get to the punching faster. Yeah. <laughs> but this was a much more – it was a much more loving crowd. It was a very loving crowd, yes. And the singer pointed out many a time, like, please take care of each other. There was a part where somebody lost their glasses – and he had. He said, "Everybody, get your phones out, get your lights uh -huh. on." And they found it in two seconds. So that yeah, it's cool. like let's let's team up or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. Cool. So, and it was great. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was it was one of those things. It's like very whole. It was a very wholesome show for a band being as cynical as the pop is. <laughs> they were very lovable. Yeah, really. Like I really liked all of them. Nice boys. Nice, so nice. They're so nice. Pup seems like nice boys. The singer. Okay, so uh, the singer's a little guy. He's little. He's yeah. a little guy, and I say that being five eight myself, but I think he is shorter than me. Yeah, but also, but the thing is, is he's flanked by the bass player <laughs> and the guitar player, who have to be easily over six feet. Yeah, the bass player looked like a cross between Steve Harrington from Stranger Things and Evan, uh, our friend. <laughs> I was gonna say he looks like me and um, and uh, oh shit, what's his name? I don't know. Jake. He looks like me yeah, and Jake. It does. Like if you and Jake. Some horrific melding of your bodies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that he looked like me and Jake. And the uh, lead guitarist is a dead ringer for Ben Avery, who is the producer of the Tim Dillon show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he like like glasses strapped on, I guess glasses were strapped on the yeah. back of his head. And he like, he looked like he had a hard time playing. Like, he, or moving while he played. But I think he was playing super complicated shit, which makes sense. Yeah, that's the thing. Pup is, de is a deceptively complex band because you hear it and you're like, this sounds like if Pinkerton was punk. Yeah. But, like, and, and Weezer's never been known for their, you know, amazing chops. Which is They're weird. good because, at what they do. Well, I was going to say, which is weird because Rivers Cuomo is an incredible guitar player. Yeah, he is. But, like, Weezer's... Very. I mean, I think a lot of the songs are pretty simple. Yeah. But with Pup, it's like there's so many layers, and you don't realize that like a lot of the melody lines are coming from the guitar. Yeah. Like it's not just the vocals and like you know a power chord structure. There's like a basic chord structure that sometimes noodles, uh -huh. and then there's like a crazy bunch of noodling, and then there's there's one voice, and then there's backups, and then yeah. the drums are doing complicated shit. And there's weird time signatures. Yes. Like, there's, like, that's another thing. It's, like, there's weird, like, transitions and time signatures. Like, um, it's it's really cool. Like, it's it's it was really interesting to watch as a musician, yeah. but also as a fan of the band, and, uh, and as a fan of punk and music in general. Like, it was really, they were, it was a really great fucking show. I would love to see them more. Yeah, they're, they are really talented, and they're super great live, and their songs are just, even for being as complex as they are, just super fucking catchy. They, all of them are sing-along songs. Yeah, like every, every song, song is a sing-along. Sing yeah, it really is. Like, there's just, like, really good, uh, really good, and in funny lyrics, too. Like, just really funny, like, like you know, if this tour doesn't kill you, I will. Yeah. It's, like, a great, like, hearing a bunch of people talk about how they hate each other, 
but sing along to it together yeah it's really wonderful so well so if you if we're hearing some uh some interference it's because it's begun pouring it's 11 o'clock at night and it's raining <laughs> and it's raining and it's pitch black on 95. yeah this state is fucking ridiculous Whoa! and now it's about to stop it slowed oh, down yep. so much just now now it stopped Ugh. That's because we're passing the world of golf thing, and the Murray brothers don't like the rain. They don't like the rain. No, they don't do that. So, so then your assessment of Pup was that they you would see them again? Oh yeah, they were fantastic. Okay, yeah, good. I've always I've always liked them. I don't remember who showed them to me. I think you did. That sounds about right. I think you showed me the uh, self-titled, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I just went from there, and uh, I really do like them. Yeah. I mean, and they, like you said, they played a good mix of everything. They played a lot of fucking songs. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, we would have passed out trying to play a set that <laughs> dude, long. Dude, the best part was like, uh, that at sometime in the middle of the set, they were like, we're going to play this really fucking awesome solo. And they yeah. just play the solo from the Eagles Hotel California. Yeah. And like nailed it. Nailed it. And then they made a joke later like, oh, the only song we're going to play again is this. Because, you know, the bass player played the riff from, like, the Reservoir. Yeah. Um, he's like, the only... And Stefan, the singer, was like, the only song that we're going to play again is this. And he starts playing the Eagle solo again. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was pretty impressive. I was, like, wondering what the hell I was hearing. And then I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> man, I've just... It's like, I've had a hard day and I hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my cab. Yeah, it was great. So, I mean, like, 10 out of 10 would watch again. Yeah, um, 10 out of 10. That was... If, I mean, like, when you talk about great live bands, it's like the bands that not only nail it exactly like it sounds on the recording... Uh, yeah. But they're energetic as hell, and they're, and they're, like, they come off really nice, and they whip the crowd up. Yeah. I've seen, like, the only ones that I've ever truly seen that nail it like that against me, sick of it all, and I would say now, Pup. Uh, I put Strike Anywhere on there. Yeah, Strike Anywhere. That I would also I put on there. I would say Terror. And uh, I, as much as I love Rancid, I feel like Tim mumbled the entire time. So I didn't feel like both times that I've seen them, I feel like Tim was just sort of lost. Yeah, so, I would put the Bronx on there too, actually. I would put the Bronx. Like, I think the Bronx and Pup are like, they're, they're equals live. Yeah, if you can nail it, like recording accurate but also have a ton of energy, which is so difficult to fucking do. And as you get older, because we know, I mean, you're literally, like, hurting your back and shit. Yeah. And, like, hurting your fucking legs and your feet. I yeah. mean, we were just standing there, and I'm sore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're playing, and you have, like, a bass wrapped around you, yeah. and it's like, you know, a bass is not a light instrument. Like, and then you're jumping, so, like, every time you jump, you're landing high impact on your knees and your back and your shoulders. Yes, I know we sound old. I realize that. But, like, also, it sucks and it hurts. So yeah. good for them for being able to do that right now. I hope that you don't slip a disc. Yeah, I don't want your spine to telescope. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, like, when and if we ever do music again, which I hope we do. It's, it's going to be acoustic. Well, no, it's just we're going to have to literally start preparing the day before. Yeah, well, I mean, like, people have Putting to, Putting like, icy hot on yeah, and stretching. doing stretches. Well, that's, like, I mean, like, you know, a lot of bands that do, like, stadium tours and stuff that play like that, they have to, like, go out and do straight-up conditioning for weeks to be able to, like, keep up with the rigors of... They have to work out to be able to play shows. Yeah. Which seems like a lot. I don't like that. Well, speaking about... Speaking of working out... Uh-huh. We were... We kind of came to a, a consensus about hardcore and punk rock and our, our spot in it. Obviously, working out being a uh, reference to Meathead... Yes. Music. yes, yes, yes. To people that bring their bench presses to shows. Or call your band bench press. Or call your band yeah. bench press. Actually, pretty good band. Uh, Not bad. Not bad. Beg the difference. Ah! Okay. 
Three we, So when we went into the show, as we are wont to do and as we often do, we sort of slunk to the side. Uh-huh. And we stood there and we sort of took it all in. Yeah. And what was it that we came up with? We said that... We said essentially it was this, is that when we started going to punk shows, punk shows were fun. Fun. They were fun. We had they were fun. fun and there was no, like, like, when we think about it, punk was a place where there were no rules. You could be yourself, you could dress how you wanted, you could do what you want. Because we were talking about this because essentially what was going on is there were people wearing pup shirts to the show. Yeah. And my fir- and our first reaction was, you're not supposed to wear the shirt to the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and, and all those rules that we didn't learn about punk rock, we learned in hardcore. And yeah. so, like, that was the thing is, like, punk rock came and punk rock was fun. Punk rock didn't have any rules. It didn't have, it was, it was not as, like, uh, there were not any, like, guidelines there were no social norms. The only social norm was like, if somebody gets knocked down, you pick them up. Like you help out, you are there to be like brothers and sisters and supports to one another. That's what punk rock was supposed to be. Then when we got into hardcore, there were all these rules because hardcore was the cool kids. So the cool kids put all these rules in place. You can't wear the band's shirt to the show. You gotta dance like this. You can't, you gotta mosh like this. You can't mosh any other way. If you mosh another way, you're a goofball. Like the stage dive thing, like stage yeah. diving, you gotta get the hustle and height. To be a, that's, a, that's a hardcore <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, it is, it is. And I mean, but it's, I mean, that's a practical thing. Yeah, I will you don't wanna that. get hurt. You'll, you'll, you'll probably, you'll fire right through with the, with the hustle and height. Yeah, so our point is, is that hardcore gave us rules that made shows unfun. Yeah, and I, I I agree because I didn't you don't realize it's happening. You know, because my first experiences with local music, like we've talked about early on in the podcast, Orbit Three Thousand. Yeah. And that was a place where punk bands played, hardcore bands played, every type of band played there. And you just it was a big fun time. Yeah. And it could yes, it's also because I was younger, but like it was it was just a big fun time. And when we started going to the church and the coffee connection and we kind of met that scene and became a part of it, wow, that that car is gonna kill so somebody. Fast. That car is gonna destroy somebody. Yeah, it's raining and we're driving seventy <laughs> and they're speeding by us, so like they've gotta be driving like they had to have been That's 85, 90. 90. Yeah. This fucking guy. Uh, but anyway, it was it was just like you didn't realize when you showed up there was like all these things it's you don't have to follow the rules but if you want to participate as we did because we wanted to play music uh-huh. and this place was like an open door it was like yeah sure we'll put you on a show i mean it, it was you know it was it was easy to get in right and we but wanted to, to we wanted to get into it because we liked a lot of the music but when you get in and you realize there's a clamp down almost it's like you don't have to be straight edge and vegan, but like everybody was kind of like, looks at you weird if you're not. Yeah. You don't have yeah. to be an atheist, but like, like you probably should. Everybody looks at you weird if you're not tearing up a Bible during a show. Yeah. You know, it just becomes this thing, and there's a snarkiness to it. Yeah. There's well, so a I would condescension say this. to that's, it. That's what I was going to say. It's not necessarily snarky, it's snobbish. Yeah. Like snarky, I feel like snarky is one because with snarky, like you've got people that are kind of in on the joke with you and they can be snarky back. Like there's a little bit of like a, like a back and forth that goes along with that. But with snobbishness, there's like an elitism that comes with that. And, and I would make the argument too that at the very least, our horror scene was fun. Like we did have fun. And we I'm were not, more I, fun than most. We were more fun than most, but we were never as fun as like a regular punk show. Yeah. Because there were still too many rules. Like there were still all the rules, the social norms that went along with punk with hardcore that didn't exist in punk rock. 
And and I think that's the thing is like when you had punk rock shows, like punk rock shows were always fun, but the problem was is they were looked down upon by hardcore kids. I don't yeah. I don't think that we were ever terrible about that, but I no. think that we developed in that culture where it was very easy to look down on, you know, the bros moshing because they were drunk and they were like, you know, kicking around and falling down and moshing like idiots and but like that was the, the thing was at the end of the day, like hardcore gave us rules that took joy from us, yeah, in which made us end up hating hardcore and hardcore shows. And I mean, I going back like tonight was a blast and it was a punk show, yeah. But thinking back to like seeing Section Hate, that show <laughs> was not fun. Yeah, I, I did not have fun because there's. It, I think what it did was being a part of our scene for as long as we were a part of it. It gave us sharp edges. Yeah. It's, it didn't make us tough guys. We've never been tough guys. It's not like that. You know, uh, but there's a there's a, a sharp edge that I've, I still struggle with because yeah. I'll, I'll walk into a place and someone will act a certain way or be some way. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Fuck this. Yeah. You know, and it's like, why? Yeah. Why is that in my heart? Why does that come out? Right. And then, but then I go to, I go to like a, uh, I go to like the Section Hate show that we went to, which was probably the last big hardcore show either of us have been to. Yeah. Uh, and I don't feel like I fit in there either. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it, it's almost like I was profoundly damaged. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's, I think what it is, is like, it's, it's that like merging of two worlds, right? Like, like we, we did not grow up hardcore metal kids. No. Like we grew up punk rock kids, ska kids. And like, we grew up in that space where everything was fun and goofy and you could kind of like, you know, in sarcastic, everything was sarcastic. And then when you got into hardcore, everybody took it so seriously that it was it was very difficult to have a sense of humor about it. And the bands that did have a sense of humor, um, you know, were kind of laughed out of the out of it, or they found themselves in different scenes. Like, and I think yeah. that was a big thing that that you know for us, like to stay in hardcore, you had to take it seriously. Like, I mean, I always think about like when our friends would break edge and like our other friends would cry about our friends breaking edge, like get fucked about that. That's yeah. so, that's so like, that is so childish, like crying over somebody else's or getting pissed choice. off about it, like, or wanting to fight them over it. Yeah. Which I've seen numerous times, obviously not anytime lately, but you know, you carry it with you. I don't know. I just, I, I, I think it, I think getting into it was a double edged sword because we played a lot of shows and there's still a lot of good bands that I enjoy, but there was, there was a, a joylessness to much of it. And that's why I get, I get rankled yeah. by it. You know, I, 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 I read stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, Reddit's not a, not a good place, but like you see the arguments that people get in on there about this or that thing. And it's always rules. It's always like, this is supposed to be this. It's like, it's not really supposed to be anything. And where we were from, it was very like PC, straight edge, vegan. And we didn't all totally fit into that. Right. And I think that's why I get, um, there's a lot of bands that like irritate me that are overtly political because I think of course being political is part of it. Yeah. But I, I I guess it's like when a hardcore band or something is political or when like an uber serious crust band is political, I look at them and I'm like, why would I ever listen to somebody like you? (laughs) Like you can only even take showers. Shut up. Like, or you wear, you know, you're, you're very concerned with your look and your persona. Why would I care about your, 
what your beliefs are? Why would I follow what you say? Right. Well, and I think that's true for like punk bands, but it was always like my thing was when you have a, a punk band who's political that is like kind of goofy about it, like it's an easy entry point. Yeah. Like or 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 if they're smart about it. Like I think that's another part of it too. Is like if a band's not smart about it. Um, in, in like some sort of way like I think that's kind of a thing like if they're just kind of like snobby if they're serious and just go fuck you then that's stupid like Anti-Flag is a ridiculous band <laughs> they are a ridiculous band and I'm not going to vote based on what they say but I would actually like read some stuff that they were like hey you should maybe check this out but if Propagandi said it I'd be like I don't want to listen to you because you take it too seriously yeah I guess it's not just politics but it's 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 also like belief. It's it's uh, why would I alter my diet because of this? You know why would I why would I not have a beer because of this? You know there's there's there was all this stigma attached to it growing up, and there still is stigma attached to it, and it's it's just hard to take some of these people seriously. Do you do you think that our generation of hardcore kids was influenced by Dare? <laughs> no, because I didn't pay attention in those. <laughs> I didn't pay attention when the cop came to school. He's like, dare. And I was like, okay. I want to go home and play with my Transformers, please. Yeah. Oh, I'm just, it's, well, because, you know, like, you think about it, like, our group, our hardcore kid group was, they were all, you know, uh, products of dare and 9-11 and all this shit that was, like, total indoctrination in different ways. So, like, it makes sense that we were all sarcastic assholes, but, like, I think hardcore still did that thing where it overlaid on that, and it was like, that's when we started getting those hard rules to fit in. Well, it is very clicky. I mean, it's something that I legit talk about in my upcoming book, Young Till I'm Old, Memoirs of a Punk Rock Nobody. But uh, I have a whole whole, uh, chapter devoted to Straight Edge, and not not mocking it but just kind of my experiences with it yeah and not understanding I, like I definitely understand why some people are and most of the people that I know that are straight edge now are very open about it they're very kind about it it's not like it was when we were younger yeah. obviously because we're adults now but it's not just straight edge it's not just veganism it's not just politics it's I I, I just feel that being involved in that world and tonight was a perfect example because it's like to anybody else it would look the same to us we know there's a difference there right. was joy that was siphoned out of it yeah. and it just it makes me a little sad yeah I mean I think it just I think in it's you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I think that when you can critically evaluate that stuff like it is really interesting to think about and then, I mean, and the other argument we can make too is, I guess, that this is a new generation of people coming yeah. out of punk rock. So this is not like a previous generation. This is not the fat wreck server punks. This is uh, an entirely different group of people who are arguably a generation of more accepting people, um, of a generation of people who are also dressed very nineties. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Yeah, very um, much. It, they, like everybody looks like they're straight out of like an Empire Records background scene. Like it's ridiculous how like what what's come around. But I think at the same time, like you've got uh, a, a generation who is more socially conscious, but also more accepting than than our groups were. And not that not that we weren't accepting, but I think that there was kind of like a, a like almost like a clickishness that carried over from like the seventies and eighties. 
in what we do or what we did. Like, I don't know. I think well, it always seemed like high school to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just... I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, it was... It's, it's nice to see that punk rock can still thrive. It's nice to be able to reflect on why maybe hardcore well, we kind of joke about punk rock growing in our life but hardcore really did it yeah because at the end of the day hardcore was the one that was supposed to be it, it ain't, and that would make the argument that it was it was supposed to be a a welcoming place and for our group it was if we if we did the things that we were supposed to I just I, I guess I realized tonight that it like I said before it gave me sharp edges yeah and I don't like that about myself. I don't like that my first inclination is to judge somebody harshly and negatively. I don't say it, right. but in my brain, I'm just like, oh, fuck that. And, yeah. I, and that comes from... That comes from being a cool kid for so long. Well, it comes from years of going to shows, and we were accepted, and at a certain point, we outlasted a lot of the people that we met when we started going to shows, and our bands were playing almost all the shows. So if that's the qualification for a cool kid, then I guess we were. Yeah. But I, I remember I remember going on tour with Mean Time, not tour, but like playing shows in Mean Time, going on tour with Axis. Not so much with Years From Now, because we were, it was, it was just a more upbeat band. Right. But Mean Time and Axis were metallic hardcore bands. And I remember being at the shows and just naturally not smiling at people and, and kind of being guarded and putting on an air of just like, you know, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why. I remember Alex, the singer of Meantime, refused to like talk to anybody or, or he would just kind of like put, keep to himself and, and be real grim before Meantime played <laughs> right. so that he would be in the right mindset. Uh-huh. And that at the time, I guess it didn't strike me very weird, but now it's just like, what the fuck, man? What were we doing? Right. And, you know, there was always a fight. There was always a problem. It's just, it's so strange to, to put yourself in something like that that's supposed to be fun, and yet it ends up being this very negative, very harsh, kind of stoic thing where you're not allowed to enjoy it. And I, there's, there'll be people who say, like, well, it's not like you, it's not how I see it. That's not how I see it. It's like, well, that's how we see it. Yeah. That's how we were kind of brought up and saw it. Right. I mean, and great. If you don't see it like that, that's great. And I think that there are... And I think the argument that we would make is that there are really good things about hardcore communities, too. Like, like there is a place for people who don't belong anywhere else. There is a community As long as you follow the rules. As long as you follow the rules. But I think that's like, there are stupid rules a lot of times. But there are also some good qualities. And I think it is fair to say that. But I would make the argument... Like, our argument, our thesis here, is not necessarily that hardcore is entirely bad or that punk rock shows and stuff and punk rock scenes are entirely good. What it is is that there's definitely more joy and yeah. more happiness in punk rock than there is in hardcore. And I think that that comes from a place where punk rock tends to be a little bit freer and it tends to be a little bit more or a little bit less rule oriented. Like you're going to have people that are like, oh, like you can't wear that. And it's like, this is this is punk and this is not punk. And like there are the elitists and do that stupid shit too in punk rock. But, but truly, like, punk rock shows tend to be far more joyful than any hardcore show. And arguably, every metal show I've ever been to is far more joyful than yeah. a hardcore show. And that's 
partly because everybody's there to have a good time without all of the stupid rules. Hardcore is the one that puts themselves above everybody else and gives them the rules that you have to follow. And that's where the joy is left. Hardcore is like Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fucking Dude. golden plates. And like going to a punk rock show is like going to an African-American church. <laughs> I'm telling you, you ever have you ever been to like an African-American church? Uh, no. I have. They enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, they celebrate their faith in a very joyful way. And while I wouldn't call myself Christian, if I had to go to church, that's the goddamn church that I would go yeah. to. Because they it is it is happy and they are and people are singing and it's just that kind of reminds me of punk rock. With uh I would say hardcore is almost like Catholicism, not yeah. not Mormonism. Yeah. So many rules, no joy, you mourn your faith, you don't love it, you right. know, you don't celebrate it. Right. And it's just it's it's uh it's a waste. Yeah. And confession is kind of like uh, when you break edge, you got to tell everybody, and they yeah <laughs> you have to confess your sins. Yeah, and then you end up on edgebreak.com yep. or whatever it was. Uh, well, it's, at any rate, I uh, I hope I I'm, I'm going to try to I'm trying to lose those sharp edges, and and you know being being more into metal as of late. I mean, metalheads are nerds, man. It's 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 so much more of a welcoming place. It's so much more of a it's like there's a high barrier of entry with some like very abrasive extreme metal, but it's so here's the thing. You know what's funny is like now that you brought that up, I want to like we we really we should do this one day and like kind of break this down. What the clicks are in like music scenes, yeah. like the ska kids are the band kids, yeah. The punk kids are the goofy creative kids that are like fuck the rules. Blah, 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 blah. The metal kids are for sure the nerds that are playing magic and D and D and all that. But yeah. the hardcore kids are the jocks. Yeah. They're the people that we were always trying to get away from. We, they were the people that were like the bullies. They were the ones. Like the hardcore kids were never the freaks and the geeks and the people that didn't fit anywhere. They were the they were the jocks. They were the ones that would beat people up and give people wedgies for being the freaks. Yeah, I remember Matt telling me a long time ago. He was saying how I th- it was, we were talking about people who came to hardcore not through punk. Yeah. That just skipped punk and metal and got into hardcore. Yeah. And he was telling me about, like, some of the popular Richmond bands. He's like, yeah, those dudes just, like, they, they just jumped in. They skipped it. So yeah. they were they were in college when they got into this type of stuff. And he was just like, I don't understand that. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, Matt found it through punk. We found it through punk. Right. We came in with a certain ethos. Yeah, there was a certain... We, we kind of understood what was going on. And we had a base. You know, if you just jump right into it, I feel like, God, that's got to be such a boring existence. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, but, like, but besides that, like, you don't have any foundation. You have a foundation full of really strict rules, like, almost like testaments. Like, yeah. you don't, like, uh, coming from punk rock, like, you know to kind of question the answer a little bit. But hardcore does not make you do that. Hardcore yeah. does not make you question the answer. It does not ever make you question authority. You kind of just go like, yeah, mosh. Well, you or- get into, you enjoy authority because there's always somebody who's a threat to everybody else. And that person kind of becomes the shot caller where, yeah. you know, that person or that per- that group around that person it doesn't have to be a specific three letter crew. All I'm, all I'm saying is that a lot of punks don't end up cops, but a lot of hardcore kids do. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So. That is true. That's all I'm saying. 
All I'm saying, every every cop that I every every cop that I know that likes the music that we do is usually usually starts with hardcore. Not usually, they're not. You're not going to hear a lot of cops that are like, "Yeah, lag wagon rules." Do you know? Do you know a lot of cops? I know. I know a sheriff who was a singer of a hardcore <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's. It happens. Yeah, I think there's a um, there. You know. There, there is a, a sort of like fitness element to it, you know, where you see all these dudes who were super jacked, and you know, we, we saw it at the Section Eight show. I yeah. mean, du- I mean, dudes work out. Yeah, it's like I exercise because I don't Here, want to get fat. Here's what it like, is. Here's what it is. Hardcore kids end up being cops because they like authority. Yeah. Punk kids end up firefighters because they like to help people. Firefighters are like social workers. Firefighters are like social workers. All oh, there's so many punks we know. That are firefighters, yeah, yeah. and and if you go to any Dropkick Murphy show, there's so many pumps. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know. I guess, I guess when I started seeing people wearing warm up pants and shit to shows, I was like, things have changed. I'm in a world I don't understand anymore. Yeah, this is beyond me at this point. And I mean, I like cool sneakers, but like the first time I saw somebody wear like really cool sneakers to a show, I was like, huh, that's that's a weird thing that I noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and that's exactly it, and that was out of the rules. And when that happened, like at first, that person was probably chastised for it, but then it became cool, and now that's the cool thing to do. It's a real strange, strange world we got ourselves wrapped up in. Yeah, it's again, it's it's retrospect, right? We're able to look at it. We're on. We're able to look on it with years of experience, but we're also also able to look at it because yes. we've removed ourselves from the circumstance and able. To, we're able to look back on it and be like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, like for instance, I'm really looking forward to next weekend, the night uh, night shift merch party yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, but which I mean, we'll be at. Mo- yeah, which we will be at. We'll be at the Punk Rock Flea Market all day, um, just hucking wares at you. <laughs> but the thing is, most of those bands are are metal bands. Like, I mean, you could you can make the argument that they, you know, integrity comes from the hardcore scene. Go listen to our integrity deep dives in our interview with Dwight Hellion because it's a fucking great episode. No big deal, he'll do it. No big deal, he But. <laughs> You know, Integrity, as we said on the episode, turned the corner. They're much more of a metal band now, and they always had that influence, but they just really, I feel like, fully embraced it. And bands like, like Stabbed is playing. They're one of the Maggot Stomp bands. Bloodlet has always been a weird band, never really a hardcore band. It was like they, they were on Victory. They came from the scene, but they were just like a sludge band, pretty much. Yeah. And, I mean, pretty much everybody else playing is metallic. Yeah. So it, you know, I, I'm looking forward to it more than I would say like the average show because Integrity's playing Daytona. Yeah. So I, ridiculous. But I am a little apprehensive about it because I don't want to get kicked in the face. Yeah, I'll stand back. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, the back is where I will be as well. I'm going to yeah. be standing next to you pretty much the entire. And I'm going to kick you in the back. Yeah. You just you can kick me because I'll see it coming at least. And you got bad knees. Yeah, I do have bad knees. I have a I have a hell of a kick though. We learned tonight, like you you told me that I was a, I was good at miming things. <laughs> yeah, you were. We were just miming shit, man. We were having a good time. Yeah, it was fun. I can't do that at a hardcore show. They'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. You're embarrassing yourself. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, and that's exactly it. I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, I'm thankful for my time in hardcore, but I'm also very understanding that it was not... It was not the way for me. It was not always time well spent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, we're we're coming up on Palm Coast, the prefab community. The Palm Coast. So, I guess... 
I mean, do we have any parting words? Because no, uh, I think I think I would say go go to more punk shows. If you like punk bands, go to more punk shows. Like try to frown at a ska show, and I will I will show you a miserable person. Yeah, exactly. You hear that trombone, your knees better start kicking. That's what I'm saying. You can't. I like I saw Less Than Jake not too long ago. Nobody in that room was pissed. Yeah, so Everybody, much. Fun. And, and I mean, sad maybe because Less Than Jake's lyrics are very sad. Yeah, but like not nobody was mad. So the, the last time I saw somebody with their arms crossed at a show scowling was at Section 8. <laughs> not meow. Not siad. Not siad. Bizarre. <laughs> that doesn't work with a Y. Yeah, go to more punk shows. And, uh, you know, you got a question. Someone once told me, uh, a person who sang for a band I was in, who we were very mean to and we shouldn't have been. Uh, he once told me you need to question your beliefs to see if they still hold water. Yeah. You should always do that. You should always take, take, you know, the, you know, take a look at the terrain, survey it. You know, where am I? Am I, am I, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Can I, can I, can I dull these sharp edges, you know, and listen to Pup because they're great. They're fucking great. All right. Well, Joe, you got anything else to say? Oh, buddy, I'm sitting down! Sitting, bro! I'm right here, and I'm sitting. I was listening to this conversation. Oh, what a great episode, buddy. Oh, <laughs> oh what a great episode. Oh, Joe, you, it sounds like you need some Tylenol. Uh, I got aches all over my body, buddy. Give me the hot sauce packets. I'll rub <laughs> it on my knees like icy hot, but it's just hot, buddy. It's fire! 